there, Misketeers. Welcome back to Missing Out Mondays, where we tell you what we're into. Start your week off right. I'm Tari J. I am Lex Michael. So, this week, guys, 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 Fall TV is back. Fall TV's back. I'm excited. We got new shows. We got returning shows. We got stuff that is going to be canceled soon. Um, so, of that list, I'm super into a new show called All Rise. It is starring a bunch of people from assorted superhero things. So we have uh, Simone Missick, who was Misty Knight in Luke Cage. Luke yeah. Cage. Um, it has Wilson Bethel, who was Bullseye in uh, Daredevil Season 3. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Camacho, who was Gypsy in The Flash. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we also, also um, I forget the name of the character, but uh, it also has uh, this character playing a bailiff who was from uh, Travelers. So also fun to see him. Travelers I'm less familiar with. Um, that is a not ser- superhero thing. It's a time travel one, um, which is dope. Um, I recommend it. They're, it's fully closed, like or the show's over, so they fulfill their, their whole story. Um, but we're not talking about Travelers today, which you guys should watch. It's on Netflix. Yes, tell me, um, about, tell me about All Rise. All Rise is... It's... Uh, basically the story of a, uh, new judge played by, uh, Simone Mm. and she is essentially trying to navigate the, the criminal justice system while trying to maintain her sense of justice and, and values. But like, as you know, uh, the criminal justice system is complicated can be, yeah, that's what I've heard. Broken. Uh, there is a rumor going around, yeah. Yeah. So um, what I like about the show is that it really conveys how um, bureaucratic and, and broken the system itself is. And it really shows how hard it is to try to do the right thing within that system. Um, and so, like, the the, the drama isn't... Because, like, Susie is sleeping with Jimmy or anything like that. Like, all of the drama comes from the struggle of trying to seek actual justice in a system that is not made for justice. It's made for punishment. Right. Or, or at best, a system that's made to reinforce itself. Right. Right. So is this is it, is it a straight drama? Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. But, like, the character... Um, the characters are fun. Um, they play off of each other pretty well. So there's a little bit of comedy in there as well. Okay. Cause I remember dr- like driving around and seeing billboards for the show and yeah. just the color palette on the billboards made it look a little bit more comedic, a little lighter. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, like, I would say that like the character interactions are light, but the subject matter is a little more serious. So I think that like, I would say that there are two episodes out as of this recording. And I think that like the pilot they're still trying to figure out their tonal balance. Okay. Um, the second episode, they're a lot better at really settling into how they're going to have these characters balance between those two things and where they need to be more serious and where they need to be a little bit more light. Um, and I think they do a really good job. So I, I, I feel like they're really coming into their own. Like it's really hard to, to have uh, something that tries to balance two separate tones uh, as a new show. And so, like, I usually will give a show uh, probably about four or five episodes. Um, I think that they're really starting to come into their own by the second episode. 
Um, and I really look forward to seeing where it goes from here. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, guys, I highly recommend it. It's on CBS. Um, I think you can also get it on CBS All Access. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but like you just a quick Google search will help you figure that out. I've got a, an infinite list of shows that people tell me I would I would really enjoy, and I believe them. And yeah. they go on an infinite list, and maybe one day I will get to them, and maybe not. Like Fall TV is is very much back now, which also means all the CW superhero shows that that we know and love uh, will be eating up so much of my time. I'm committed right. up through Crisis on Infinite Earths, and then we'll see, case-by-case case basis, I think. Yeah. But that's going to be eating up a bunch of my fall TV time the relatively near future. Right. Um, same. I think that I am also in just through the crisis, I, because I assume that it, it will provide a good jumping off point if i'm like all right i've taken in all the content with the characters i love and we've reached its final zenith and now i'm gonna let you know uh black lightning batgirl and whatever uh, arrow becomes be their own thing it sounds like they might be trying to do like a birds of prey ish type spinoff right the latest rumor i've heard yeah so i mean i'll i'll see um i mean yesterday uh, as of this recording, or as of you listening to this podcast, um, Batwoman has uh, premiered. And so, Supergirl's back as well. Yeah. Um, I am. I don't know about you, I, it's hard just based on her appearance, Ruby Rose, as uh, uh, Batwoman in uh, Elseworlds. Based just on that, I'm. it's hard for me not to be excited a little bit about this show. Okay. Interesting. I thought it was going to go the other way. No, it's it's genuinely difficult for me not to get a little bit excited because what they showed us in Elseworlds, the crossover from last year, um, was essentially it had the potential to be the Batman show that I really want to see. Yeah, just featuring Kate Kane and not Bruce Wayne. Right. Which I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like it will be. I think that based on the the commercials um, that I've seen it. We'll have a little bit of levity to it. It'll be a little fun. Um, she has kind of a quirky black sidekick, which I think will be interesting. Interesting. Um, so we'll see. I, it feels like it It could be Arrow season one-esque in that like you have your main character and you have their like fun tech friend and then you have them being like, oh man, I'm going to do some justice. Um, the big difference though, of course, being Arrow season one, it seems like they were really afraid of costumes, for example. Right. And... I mean, y'all, you, you see how Batwoman dresses. Right. So uh, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. That's where I'm at. Yeah. But, but what are you into? What am I? What am I? Uh, things that I have already experienced, uh, because as of this recording, I have not seen the first episode of Batwoman. So uh, just recently, uh, there was uh, a documentary released called Memory, the Origins of Alien, which I got to check out, which is super cool. But I bring it up because it sent me back down an alien rabbit hole okay so i have uh the the alien anthology set on blu-ray which is multiple cuts of all four original movies and then two additional discs of bonus stuff which includes like three hour making ofs uh or makings of uh Mm -hmm. for all four and then i've also got the individual 4k release of the original alien and i've got uh prometheus uh an alien covenant okay i'm Dude, I love Alien Covenant. We'll talk about that one day. Um, I mean, I feel like we've done like a pretty good deep dive on it. Well, we talked about the the 
Prometheus script, the alien engineer script, right? right. So we use that as a way to... Well, I just want another excuse to talk about. <laughs> I really like that movie. I know. Fuck y'all. But uh, part of my uh, experiences uh, traversing this rabbit hole this time around is that I finally used it as an excuse to check out the uh, comic book version of William Gibson's Alien 3 script. Uh, William Gibson, author of Neuromancer and a number of other books, um, after Aliens was one of a few writers trying to approach what the next movie would be. And this is based on his second draft. And uh, the art's done by Johnny Christmas. And so I was excited to check it out because uh, Aliens spends a bunch of time getting you to fall in love with the characters of Newt, the little girl, and also Hicks, played by the great Michael Bean. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoilers for Alien 3, for the opening seconds of Alien 3, uh, all these characters that they spent the whole movie getting you to love, the movie that they made finally, Alien 3, opening seconds, like, oh, they're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the thing crashed. They're dead now. Yeah. Gone. And it made people very upset. Right. And uh, there are a lot of people who aren't pleased with Alien 3 overall, including its director, David Fincher. Uh, it was notoriously difficult process birthing that thing um and it's not the most beloved alien movie so i was excited to go check out a version of what alien 3 could be where we actually retain characters like newt like hicks like bishop um i had a really good time reading it um there's a there's an audio drama version of it that they uh, now did through audible where uh, michael bean and lance henriksen come back and play their characters and I'm very much looking forward to checking that out. Nice. But I liked uh, interestingly obviously uh, Sigourney Weaver as Ripley is the the primary uh, protagonist of the original movies. Uh obviously they kill off all of your supporting cast from the previous movie and it's very much a Ripley alone in this dude's prison colony. Yeah. Uh, weird scuzzy rapey dude's prison colony. Um but Gibson's Alien 3 sidelines Ripley entirely. Uh, she's she's in the story, but the story is very much about Hicks and about Bishop and uh, to a slightly lesser degree about Newt. And they introduce ideas. And again, this script was written in the, the mid to late 80s, I believe. They introduce ideas that Ridley Scott would later pick up and run with in Prometheus and Covenant as far as the DNA of the xenomorphs being uh, incredibly adaptable, yeah. uh, for example. And also the idea that they were likely created intentionally by other organisms, unknown organisms, as a bioweapon, okay. for example. So this is stuff that Ridley Scott would eventually come back around to and play with. And I thought it was really cool that these ideas actually predate those movies by a number of years within the franchise. And there's a number of other super bonkers things that they do they take the idea that the xenomorph dna is ultra adaptable and run with it like i won't i won't spoil it because it's bonkers um and i feel like that's something that people if if you're a fan of uh the alien series is something you should get to experience for yourself because they do some stuff uh as far as the xenomorph's dna and its adaptability it's rapid adaptability that uh, we have yet to see in any of these movies, and I tell you, it's, it's wild. Um, but I, I dug it a bunch, and I'm, I, I want to go back and, and read it again now that I know you know, uh, more about who the supporting cast is and where everything goes and stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to checking out the audio drama version as well. If you are a fan of the Alien series, obviously I cannot recommend it highly enough. A really cool look at what could have been, what I, I feel like a lot of fans maybe wish had been, 
Um, but it's it's a cool story, very much a worthy entry. And uh, if if you like me have a very hard time accepting the the swift and cruel manner in which Newt and Hicks were dispatched, and and Bishop as well, uh, it's it's something nice to, to cling to. Like ah, oh, my friends are still alive. <laughs> but no, it's it's uh it's very cool. I recommend it. Awesome. Uh yeah, and you uh it's a remind me of the name of it. Just Alien Three. Oh, William Gibson's Alien Three. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I thought it was something cool like Alien Three. Don't fuck with me. Yeah, or something. Yeah, it's called that. Cool. Whatever gets you to read it. It's called that. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Awesome. Uh. But let us know what you're into. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You look at you driving or sitting in your living room or walking or sitting in the subway wherever you are what are you into let us know on twitter at missing outcast m-i-s-s-i-n-g-o-u-t-c-a-s-t but if you're like hey i want to talk to lex more about alien 3 you can hit him up as well on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. Or if you're like, oh, bro, I love All Rise and I want to talk to you about it, you can hit me up at Tari J, T A U R I J A Y. But yeah, and tomorrow, uh, speaking of spooky, scary, terrifying stuff, um, we are kicking yeah, off that's, our. That's what we were speaking of. That's what we were talking yes, about. Yes, that's indeed. What, that's what Aliens is. It is fair. That's yeah. fair. I see what you did. Yeah, thank you. Um, we are starting our October Scarython. It's a Scarython. I just named it. We're working on the branding. Okay, yes. We will get there. Um, but we are going to be doing horror themed things all week. And by week, I mean all month. We're going to be doing them all month. Uh, and so starting tomorrow. We're going to be talking about Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, starring Jada Pinkett Smith, formerly Jada Pinkett, uh, Billy Zane, William Sadler, also known as Bill Sadler, and a host of other people that you probably have seen in other stuff. Um, So check it out. It's going to be a really fun discussion about the movie. I'm sure that we'll talk about other stuff while we're there. Um, You, You know us. (laughs) <laughs> uh so like here's what the conversation's about how far can we stray from this before people get angry um i mean i have a great idea for for a sequel series so guys tune in for that um so check us out uh thanks again hope your monday is going super swell and we'll see you tomorrow bye They can't see us waving, but they can feel it. They can hear it in our exasperated breaths. (laughs)